0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney,
1: make it count. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio.
0: We nearly had a Perfect game tonight in Major League Baseball. We nearly had a 10-inning no-hitter. Rich Hill of the Dodgers in a game that people are going to talk about as the game of the year in Major League Baseball because there were so many twists and turns and dramas. Rich Hill nearly throws a no-hitter for the Dodgers tonight. He goes nine innings, no hits, had a perfect game going into the ninth inning of a 0-0 game. Dodgers couldn't get a run across the board. They had seven hits in the game up until that point. Couldn't score on two Pirates pitchers. And then in the ninth inning, still with a no-hitter, still his pitch count very low, a ground ball to third base changed everything.
1: For Rich Hill, he has struck out ten batters tonight. This has been just a wonderful game by Hill. The first pitch, ground ball to third. Forsythe can't field it. By the time he picks it up, the runner is safe at first base. Well, that's the first base runner. It was a one-hopper and a very playable ball. That is scored as an error, and rightfully so.
0: Rick, Monday, AM 570 with the call. So Forsythe's error knocks out the perfect game from Rich Hill. Next batter up, bunted. I'm okay with bunting to break up a no-hitter. Get him on, get him over, get him in. First of all, bunting to break up a no-hitter and being upset with that is a stupid rule. Secondly, the
2: pirates are trying to win the game. No, it's but that, nothing. But, that, nothing. but, but it's that's not a, nine nothing. No, no, no. But that's the point. Is you got to tie the two together. I think if we're talking Dodgers are up nine nothing, Yasiel Puig's leading a, a conga line around the bases because they're just boat racing them. Then you're bunting in the eighth or ninth inning. <laughs> then I think it's bush league and we can have some yeah, problems. But it's a sacrifice but it, bunt. But in you this know, case, know, it's yeah. a sacrifice bunt in a scoreless game. So you're still playing to win the game. See how often we can get Herm mm-hmm. Edwards in on the show. If only he'd copyrighted all this mm-hmm. stuff. So Hill loses the perfect game in the ninth, but gets out of the ninth inning.
0: So we go to the tenth. Tenth inning, Dodgers go out one, two, three. Yasiel Puig waves at a pitch out of the strike zone to end the tenth. Rich Hill comes back out for the bottom of the tenth, only at ninety-five pitches. Remember, Dave Roberts took him out previously for a no-hitter when he was at eighty-nine pitches, I believe, after yep. seven innings. So now he goes back out there for the 10th inning, and now it's Harvey Haddix, and how long can Rich Hill go? Well, it turns out Rich Hill could only go four more pitches.
1: And a swing and a fly ball out to left, down the line. Granderson on the warning track,
2: and where is it? Where is it? It's gone. It disappears
1: over the wall, and Josh Harrison wins it.
0: So there's the call right there. Where is it? Where is it? Pirates Radio Network. The Dodgers lose one nothing. Rich Hill, the leadoff home run to Josh Harrison. Curtis Granderson gave it as, as good an effort as he can in left field. But remember, you know, Curtis Granderson not playing a lot of left field. Not that he would have caught it, but still goes all out. That's why you hear the play-by-play. Where is it? Where is it? Over the fence, home run. Pirates win. After the game, who do you think took the blame for losing? Not Dave Roberts, not anybody else who played in that game behind Rich Hill. It was Rich Hill. Maybe around the seventh, I think after the seventh inning, you know, realized that uh, you know, we we had a good chance of having something happen. And uh, you know, falls on me on this one, one bad pitch, and ran back over and
1: you know, tipped my hat.
2: What I think would have been funny is if you would have said if I hadn't left those five guys on base when I was at the plate <laughs> and gone to it as a hitter saying that that was why it was his fault.
0: The big winner tonight in this game, in this game filled with drama, and and look, Chase Utley made an incredible play to keep the perfect game going, and Rich Hill a beneficiary of a couple of questionable third strike calls on on full counts, but that's okay. That's the way it's like a momentum
2: call in college basketball to keep things flowing. It's the same thing. I can already see the big discussion about Dave
0: Roberts. Uh, you know, he he's t- taken guys out before when they've had no hitters and through seven innings and eight innings. We had the Hill. We had Ross Stripling, very high profile beginning of last year. You're coming out even though you have a no hitter. Your pitch count is not that great. But tonight, Dave Roberts is the big winner because few things win over a team more than leaving a guy in who's got a no hitter. Right? Now, when Dave Roberts was hired, now i take you back, Don Mattingly was fired as Dodger manager. Part of the reason is because the front office didn't think Mattingly was going to put out the blueprint that the front office wanted out there. The front office of the Dodgers, they like when the manager is an extension of themselves. This is our blueprint. This is what we want. Mattingly didn't always do that. And so Don Mattingly was dumped. Now, in comes Dave Roberts, and now players, even though he's been there a couple of years now, there's still guys that think, well, when push comes to shove he's going to do exactly what the management wants him to do. And again, take, taking out Stripling for that no-hitter, that was a bad deal. That's where a lot of guys in the team go, oh, yeah, because of the pitch count and phone calls that come down or don't come down from the front office and saying take him out, take him out, take him out. Yeah, when it comes down to it, whose back do you have? Leaving Rich Hill in. To go to the 10th inning, and the pitch count had a lot to do with it being under 100 pitches. And likely the 10th inning was going to be Rich Hill's last inning. Leaving him in there does so much. I mean, as, as as much as Dave Roberts, look, the team likes him. The team is having an incredible season. But this something like this, no matter how long you've been managing a team, it wins him over to go, you know what? Skip's got our back. He's got our back. When it comes down to it, this, he left Rich Hill in when he could have just said, nope. Nope. The, the organization wants me to take him out, and, and we're taking him out because we're going to preserve his career, all these different things. And the team goes, ah, oh, okay. I watch that with Terry Collins and the Mets. He left Yohan Santana out there, and that was the last game Santana really ever threw, 128 pitches and then – you know his career never got off of that, but he wanted the no hitter. The team wanted to see him get it. He left him out there, and that won. That's why Terry Collins is still the Mets manager, even though Sandy Alderson wants to fire him every single day. So do you? That went. Well, oh, I do too. But that's why Terry Collins is the manager because the, he did he did that. That was a very big thing for the team to say. We like playing for Terry, and that will get you a lot of that will get you a lot of uh, of rope when it comes to our manager under fire. Well, we like playing for this guy. And either if you fire a manager, we're going to be upset about it, or if you threaten to fire a guy, that means we're going to raise our level of play. So I've watched it happen many times. That's just one of the recent ones. Tonight, Dave Roberts won a lot of goodwill from his team with that.
2: What's been interesting to watch, and we've been saying it for a few weeks with Dave Roberts, is that he's managing two seasons at this point. He's managing to get things ready and all lined up and all hands on deck when they open the playoffs. But there's also the reality of you don't want guys becoming complacent. You don't want to make it seem like you're just running through the motions. So by making the decision he did today, he's still telling his team that each game, even with a big lead and even though they're burying everybody else in the division, that these games still matter. And for Rich Hill, while he's available and pitching well, go for milestones, go for those wins today, not just to get the extra W in the standings but also those personal milestones, those personal victories, and things that keep uniting a team and and hallmark moments. Because that's what they've had, one after the other, for the Dodgers this year. And this would have been the feather in the cap. And you look at just an incredible outing. Rich Hill, a guy that we've asked a lot of questions about, right? Mid-30s, innings pitched in his career. You had a decade where he's, in the last two years, he's toppled – the total innings of what he'd compiled for a decade prior or close to it uh, without doing the fuzzy math in front of me right now. But the, the reality is for Dave Roberts, you're you're still looking to make sure you've, you're keeping the edge on your team and, and that it's all meaningful, right? Because it's very easy to just say, all right, we make the change. We go out with a reliever. Yeah, we'll get the victory, and maybe we do, maybe we don't. But we're preserving guys, as my mom used to say, for good. He's saying, keep your edge, play defense, keep guys focused on the everyday instead of looking down the calendar.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: So today in New York, outside of 345 Park Avenue, the headquarters of the National Football League, little over a thousand fans showed up in a support for unsigned quarterback Colin Kaepernick. The hash trend, I stand with Cap, I'm with Cap, was trending on Twitter for a long time today, and many people wearing jerseys that had Kaepernick's name on it crowded the steps and the area outside of the NFL's offices. This is not going to help Colin Kaepernick, and there's a very simple reason why. First of all, when this starts trending today, I go to social media, and I have to say, maybe two out of every five posts were about the evil NFL, the racist NFL, and things I can't even say on the radio. That's two out of every five postings. At the rally today, you saw many people holding signs, Kaepernick, and it's getting to a point where this story is now morphed into something that it's not. And this is what I want to shut down with this rally. Anything that turns into the evil NFL is not going to get Colin Kaepernick signed. It's just not. It's not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna browbeat the NFL. What, what? Like they expect Roger Goodell to walk out of of the office and go, "All right, fine, you found me out and It's not going to help. Anytime the place where a guy wants to play is insulted, that doesn't help you get a job. It just doesn't. That's that's what we've seen for the last couple weeks when Kaepernick's camp is tweeting out pictures comparing NFL owners to slave owners. That doesn't help. The NFL is not a slave league that everybody is saying, oh, it's a slave league. It's all that. You know what? You don't have to play in the NFL. If you don't want to play, you don't have to play. There's many people that would do many things to play in the National Football League because they want to. In fact, every guy who was on a roster last year that didn't retire wants to keep playing, and they want to do anything they can to get back in the game because this is what they love. This, if you don't, you don't have to play. It's not something that's a rule. The NFL – if you when you go in the in the direction of race with Colin Kaepernick, you're not going to win. because you know why? This is not a race thing. If you want to make it politics, I, I okay, I disagree, but if you want to make it politics, you have a point. But you can't sit here and tell me and, and make it about race. And that's a lot of what's going on here because I just watched 40 players kneel for the national anthem. 38 of them were black players. They're playing in the league. Their spots aren't in jeopardy. That no one has to. They're not worried that oh, if I if I kneel for the national anthem, I'm going to wind up getting cut. They're not, it's not about race. Don't. Ma- There's many big race problems we have to fight in this country. There's many, and this is one that it's morphed into now. It's a race thing, and and I don't. I, and and what what can I do? I just throw my hands up because many players have have decided to kneel for the national anthem. They decide, and many players are black it's it's not if you want to make it a black thing you're losing it you're losing the focus of this if you want to stay if it wants to be politics that's where you have to
2: go because I don't see this as a race thing I, I don't well it's gone off the original intent of what Kaepernick's protest was and now it's the why doesn't he have of a job and there's still so many questions being asked and it's it's a very divisive topic because everybody's entrenched. In their position, those that believe the the blackball term applies, those that just go straight to the football numbers, which while they're not overwhelming, no, nobody's arguing that there's there's not worse quarterbacks on rosters. Some starting Spike Lee talking about why why doesn't he have a job over Jay Cutler? Like we can go through some things, and I think uh, y- you can get Spike Lee on, on, on board if it wasn't just to push the hot button topic here and, and Jay Cutler familiarity with Adam Gase. We can go through that whole thing and, and we've already done the analysis, hit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play. We, we appreciate you taking a few minutes. The The fact is that it's it's not, it's not Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. It's if he wants to go work out for a team and from all reports, there have been a few teams that have kicked the tires. Well, we still don't know how much he wants to play football. We still don't know how dedicated he is. Again, the last things on social media, other than updates of his social efforts and some of the money that he had pledged and where it's going and how it's broken down and it's been fiscal, fiscally responsible and line-itemed to death if you want to see it. It's, it's great stuff, and, and you, you certainly give the, the kudos and praise for putting his money where his, his mouth was in terms of those good efforts. But anything related to the NFL has been a negative and how that's just put in a box saying, well, that's not part of this. Like, no, you've antagonized an employer. It was one thing when it was, here's what you're standing up for your cause. And then you turned it on the league itself. Very difficult when we start talking about guys that are back end starters or secondary guys, and and it's no longer about football. And that's what it's become in this situation. So, to rally around it and rally around his cause, yes, have those dialogues. Have the like we've seen with with Michael Bennett, we've seen so many others speak out. That's important work. Still getting back into the communities. This is is noise. Eight seven
0: seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at how about a fresca, That's Twitter at how about a fresca. We'll have more on the Kaepernick story coming up next hour, including just a couple of reasons because I feel like a lot of people who went through this. uh Rally today in New York. It's like how many understand the National Football League and how things happen. When I see stuff, look at all the quarterbacks that were signed since Kaepernick got cut. Well, some of them are third stringers. Some of them are guys who are no longer with teams. Some of them are guys who are going to take the minimum deal that they can. Some of them are going to be fits for a team because of the style they play. I mean, honestly, I mean, look, it, it all. If Kaepernick was good, he'd be on a roster. the The bar at quarterback is set higher. Than many other positions. That's why Tony Romo couldn't find a job and had to retire. Jay Cutler couldn't find a job, had to retire, had to wait till Adam Gase, his former coach, who he had a pretty good year with, suffered an injury, and then suddenly he's back. Kaepernick could still side. The Jaguars may do it this week. You know, now that they're going to start Chad Henny, which is something else we're going to get into coming up in the show, we have a lot of football to get to. It could still happen. But bottom line, if he was good, it doesn't matter what his politics are, he'd be playing.
2: Now, let's also not forget, and this is a point we brought up, and when Jonas Knox has been in the chair with me here when you've been out, then this topic was broached. We've talked quite a bit also of the urgency to play, not just from a hey, I want to play football and get back on, which we don't know, and we've never heard from Colin Kaepernick directly in that regard. He's also made over $43 million in his career. So this isn't a I need to take a minimum deal just because I want to keep an income going. He's a guy who has, obviously, a, a following. He can go make money doing speeches and appearances and everything else. So the urgency that some players feel because of finances to keep a career going aren't necessarily there.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific.
0: So the day after the great Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade that shook the world, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, First round pick, Zizek's Road, on its way to Cleveland in exchange for Kyrie Irving. We get a couple of crazy stories today. Number one is that the Cavaliers, according to sources, called the Warriors about a Kyrie Irving for Clay Thompson trade.
2: Well, you got unlimited minutes. You might the as well war- make a call. <laughs> yeah, these won't roll over. I mean, they don't roll over. I, I mean, gotta, it's I gotta not gotta a 900 right number where you're paying some exorbitant rate per minute. <laughs> For someone to drag drag things out,
0: Golden State said no, and they should, but not for the reason you think. Number one is that Golden State moves the basketball. Kai, uh, the the system that Steve Kerr has put in place that have turned them into a juggernaut is about ball movement, cutting, screens. That's what it is. They don't need a true point guard. They don't need a guy that holds the ball for the majority of the shot clock right. like Keep Kyrie Irving does. Exactly. That would be an awful fit with Kyrie Irving dribbling around and the Warriors going, See, I'm supposed to cut and you're supposed to pass here and then he's supposed to pass here and he's supposed to pass here and then I shoot. See, that's how we do it. That would be an awful fit. This is how we do it. Exactly. Is, yes. Plus, they did much better getting Isaiah Thomas Crowder and a potential lottery, maybe number one overall pick with the unprotected pick for Brooklyn because Clay Thompson
2: is kind of a jag. He's kind of just a guy. He's my. He's a jag. He's he gets shoot- into that whole system kind of thing, doesn't he?
0: He's a shooting guard that scores 21 points a game. He doesn't really give you anything else, and he has once in a while where he gets really he plays hot. Defense. He plays
2: defense. Okay, right, he does. Yeah, but- well, I mean, we don't want to turn that away because no, for a lot no. of this season, in the, particularly in the postseason, that was his calling card. But you right, know, because he, was, yeah. he wasn't a focal point no, of the No, 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 he wasn't. Nights. No, you're
0: right. Well, he doesn't. He's the, he's the fourth option a lot of nights. There's a lot of guys that can score 21 points and shoot, and that's all you got to do on offense when yeah, we hit the open shot. There's a lot of guys that can score 21 points a game. You put him on a different team, and he becomes more of a solid two-way player than, boy, you think Klay Thompson's a superstar. We inflate his value because we think he's a star because he plays on the Warriors, which is why he's in no trouble to lead no, – no, no hurry to leave. He's got two more years on his deal, and he's more than happy where he is right now. Because if he goes someplace else, he's more of a jag. He's more of a, he's going to score twenty a game. But twenty a game is twenty. There's a lot of guys that score twenty a game, and he'll play. He'll play decent defense. He'll be a very good sought after two way player. And as That's be, Clay Thompson. Talk
2: about it here in the Geico Studio. I mean, it's one of those you make the call, you put it out there, and and this is where the fun part goes. You know how many rumor conjecture. Speculated trades are we talking about where there's a, a number of different options on the horizon and who, what's real, what's imagined in terms of potential trades, right? There was also uh, Joe Gambador of Arizona Sports 98.7 reporting that the Milwaukee Bucks were close to acquiring Kyrie Irving for Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, and a first-round pick. So that's a horrible trade. But there's another they were one. were close to that. That's a horrible trade. But that, the rumor that the Suns were that's trying a, to put something together, that's the worst together. trade. In the thank, God, thank
0: goodness the Celtics showed up with us. Hey. How about Isaiah Thomas? Hey,
2: Malcolm Brogdon had a hell of a
0: and, season. Hey, and who's been a better, bigger Malcolm Brogdon guy than me? I told the you, the only coming guy out of school, I know that was, he was that Higher
2: good. on him was our resident Milwaukee Bucks fan and. And my tag team partner on Sunday, Dan Byer.
0: Yeah, I'm nobody's a big I'm Mr. Malcolm Brogdon. I believe you are. I was big on. I told you he was gonna were, be good. You were kind of but excited. But that's about
2: that's him. not a return for Kyle. But, but that's the point, right? And in, instead, the the Celtics decide they're going all in. Here's this first round pick that may be the first overall. And we were on it last night. Kenny Rhoda on with us from Cleveland. We're spitballing what's next, what happens. Obviously, the thought of spinning out that number one pick and bringing in another big body, he immediately went down an analysis of bringing in Boogie Cousins, which is delicious on so many levels. And then we still have the buyouts of either Hoodie Carmelo, as Mm -hmm. J.R. Smith has called him, or Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's is going to happen. More (laughs) reports out of Chicago (laughs) that the young players are tired of the old man talking and they want him gone. Back in 2004
0: when I was in the So if that's the
2: case, that'll come to fruition, And that'll be an inevitable conclusion to this going forward. So we had that last night. Good that it then got pushed in into the stratosphere. Uh, happy to have today's take yesterday.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
2: Just a couple
0: of things on Colin Kaepernick before people start going crazy. And we, we talked a few minutes ago. The big rally in New York today. About a thousand people were there uh, to protest Colin Kaepernick not having a job in the National Football League. Now the NAACP wants a meeting with the NFL on why Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Two things I want to say: Why don't make this about race? Because it's not. It's not the, the the league. The majority of the players in the NFL are black. Many people kneeled for the national anthem. Did many things very publicly. And they are still in the league, and they're still playing, they're still kneeling, and their protests are still being heard. Marshawn Lynch sat, he he sat for 11 years and he played in the National Football
2: League. He says he sat all the time. He sat again. I I don't think he did, though. Like I, let, think that, I, think, yeah, I think it was misconstrued. He said it though, but he no, said no, but it. he I've been didn't say it. Jack Del Rio said it, but he says I, he's I, been but, sitting but, for 11 years, and yeah, they didn't keep Marshall on the But there were out. a lot of photographic evidence of him standing for the national anthem. Yes. So their problem. He with sat and then it. he stood. Yeah, and so I, said, I think uh, there's a question of it's 11 years of doing his own thing because he's never actually answered why he was sitting down Just having a snack. Just because I was
0: standing doesn't mean that I was really standing. I didn't say I was missing work, Bob, but here's my, but here's my point. The larger point, absolutely. Think about these two things. Number one, if Colin Kaepernick really was blackballed from the league, this before I tell you why it can't be about race. If he really was blackballed, now you're talking about the NFL, Roger Goodell and his office deciding we're blackballing Colin Kaepernick from the league. And now he, he knows it. The people below him know it they get that message out now to all the owners All the, in the NFL. Offices, all the league offices down to the owners. owners. The owners all now tell their general managers and their directors of player development that this is what's going on. And then that has to get down to the head coach and the assistant coaches who may want Colin Kaepernick on their team and say, hey, why don't we go out and get him? I like him. That's a lot of people that would know that Colin Kaepernick is blackballed and not one person says anything. And I don't mean one In that game of telephone, there's there's also going to be a paper
2: trail. There's going to be a text message. There's there's going to be something along the way.
0: There's not one bit of evidence that an upset assistant coach who who agrees with Colin Kaepernick's stance isn't going to out this There's not one person—so you're telling me of all those people, there's not one person sympathetic to Colin Kaepernick's plight that they're going to say, oh, by the way, you didn't get this from me, but we were told not to sign this guy. Yeah, I have an email, I have a note, I have this. And maybe the email is not from Roger Goodell, but it's from— his superior in the, in the player development office who gets it from somewhere else, gets it from somewhere else. This is how the world goes. There are many people who are for Colin Kaepernick's right to, to kneel for the National Anthem. I'm for his right to kneel for the National Anthem. Everybody should be. But even if you're not, somebody would have blabbed. It's just the world. You can't keep secrets like that. You cannot. Somebody would have blabbed. There would have been some kind of story somewhere where someone sympathetic to Kaepernick would have said, hey, we wanted to sign the guy. We looked into it, but we were told this. That would have happened. Or that would have been leaked to Kaepernick's team. And the team would have said, we got something from a team right here. I'm not going to say who I got it from. But right here, the Bills or the Jets or the Cowboys or whoever wanted to bring him in, and they were told no. That simply would have happened. Right? We haven't seen any of that to this point. The second thing is this. You can't make it about race because if Colin, if you want to make it about, like I said, I disagree, but if you want to make it about politics, make it that. That's more of a point to have because I understand your points. I disagree, but I understand your points about Kaepernick and you think why he's being kept out of the NFL. You're telling me if Kaepernick had no politics, he would still be out of the league? Of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. You can't tell me it's about politics and kneeling for the national anthem and then say it's about race, because if there was no politics, then he'd be he'd be in the league then. So you you can't have it both ways and go, yes, it's this, and now it's about race. Don't there's many big time race issues that we have to get through in the United States. Believe me, there are, and I know I, I know it. And we always have those conversations. But now you want to turn this into a race thing and it becomes it's guy. no, because if Kaepernick didn't you you want to make it about politics, right? but no politics. And Kaepernick is. Then he's playing in the NFL. Then, then he's playing, right? So you can't tell me it's because he's black, because it's not about that.
2: Well, and I think one of the points that's been made by a number of, of players along the way was the the fact that the focus of what Colin Kaepernick's initial protest and, and what what it all meant was lost in the process. I think it was was it Eric Reed came out and mm-hmm. said that uh, um, among other NFL players, current and former, saying, all right, it started as a movement here, and then everybody picked it up and started having their own agendas and and talking points to it to where it, it's become muddled along the way. And when you have the principal, uh, the protagonist of everything in Colin Kaepernick silent, save retweeting different things or whoever's running his social media account, retweeting different things that are said, by media members or others, I don't know that there's a designated spokesperson for it all. Nessa, his girlfriend, has has inflamed things and gone after the National Football League. That part of it is just the message has has been lost and the direction of, of what the original protest was about. So as we get to the steps today, saying Colin Kaepernick needs a job, Colin Kaepernick's got got to let people know in my estimation and i think yours as well not to put words in your mouth where where's he at in the whole football playing possibility cuz once he's signed to a roster the push of him as leader of of this movement and his talking points gets lessened cuz now he's back in the league and and this keeps takes the fuel out from all of folks that are still trading on his name in terms of a protest but i think everybody's waiting for that Whatever, it's a statement in social media or a statement at a podium or a phone interview or sitting down with any luminary on a news channel to talk, waiting on a statement from Colin Kaepernick in terms of his desire to get back on the field and what's transpired with NFL teams at, through this point. Because the only thing we've got is that image from Django Unchained to the Baltimore Ravens. That's the last lasting memory of, of, and and, of that's, connection where, and that's the league.
0: Yeah, and that's where his message has gone sideways. Initially, it was, "Hey, we are. I am standing up for the mistreatment of people in our society. Black people dying in police custody, which was a huge deal. We people, you know, remember how bad it was last year when it was when when police officers were getting killed and black men were dying in police custody, and that was a really big deal. And Kaepernick stood up for that." And then now the message is, and, and what it's been the last couple of weeks has been the evil NFL, it's a slave league, and, and that's a lot of – where and whoa, 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 now we're, you're getting away from what the message was. And now when your message gets muddled like that – this is why I agree with guys like Eric Reed, who say, "Yeah, you know, I think it got away from him, and it got away from where the the focus needed to be. And if if he stays on, if he stays on his point, and his protests are about the treatment of people in America and and standing up for Black rights and anybody who needs their rights, any minority that needs their rights stood up for, that's a great message. That's not keeping him out of the league. It's not. But it goes. And now it's who is he? He's a wild card." And so that's why his whole situation is, has morphed into something that's gotten out of his control.
2: Well, and if we just take it back on the field, because that becomes the, let's compare him to quarterback 1 through 32 and then 33 through 64 and everybody going through that. That Super Bowl run is a long time ago. And just citing touchdown to interception radio, race, radio, radio, ratio, radio. Oh, you can hear it on the radio. Well, touchdown! Can. Citing that on radio, mm-hmm. the touchdown to interception ratio is not the be all to end all of a player's performance.
0: Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Thanks, Jason, Brent. Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Meanwhile, near history tonight for Rich Hill of the Dodgers. Nine innings of no hit ball, but the Dodgers couldn't push a run across against the Pirates. Hill goes back out for the 10th inning, and the game was over soon after.
1: And a swing and a fly ball out to left, down the line. Branderson on the warning track where is it where is it it's gone it disappears over the wall and josh harrison wins it breaking up the no-hitter with a game-winning home run in the 10th
0: what a way to win a fantastic ball game pirates radio network on the call at tj the dodgers unable to climb the hill in the 10th inning Against the Pirates. Rich Hill gets swashbuckled in the 10th by the Pirates. DJ. Okay.
2: <laughs> Wait for it. I started to with TJ. It. It. So, I know, that's but, the whole I but I was it waiting. Anyway. It seemed yeah. like you were having a brain freeze where you forgot who I was. <laughs> Do I say Mike or TJ?
0: The Dodgers were rich with a potential of a perfect game, but then Logan not lucky on the ground ball to third in the ninth. <laughs> Logan Forsythe, who, of course, uh, booted a ball in the ninth inning that turned Rich Hill's perfect game into a no-hitter, and I got Logan Lucky in, buddy. That's pretty good. Movie that I a got lot got of Logan people Lucky have panned. I know nice. that I've seen it. It's okay. It.
2: Yeah, I went from wanting to see it to now I have no, I had no desire to see yeah, it. Yeah, everybody I know that's None. seen it has no come desire. back and had no nothing positive to say about it. <laughs> Unless they sneaked in. Then they said it was worth the free ticket. <laughs> but the big thing from this game is here's Rich Hill,
0: who is allowed to stay into the 10th inning. And I know that there's many schools of thought that, oh, you leave a guy in it, to, you have a 21-game lead, and what are you doing and all this. If Rich Hill was at 115 pitches or 120 pitches and a guy who really is going to set a, a near career high for uh, innings pitched this season, because he hasn't pitched more than 100 innings. He had 111 last year. He hasn't been higher than that since 2006. So I get that you want to be concerned about Rich Hill, but he didn't have a difficult night. There were not, there was no stressful innings on it. No. There's no stressful innings on his arm, which is a very big deal, which is why you see a lot of reasons why people's arms get injured, because if you have a 25-pitch inning in the third and then a 28-pitch inning in the sixth, when you're throwing a lot of pitches like that with no rest, that's when your arm really starts to deteriorate. But no stressful innings, and he was at 95 pitches through nine innings. I have no problem with him going back out there for the 10th. And even if the Dodgers scored a run, bring him back out there for the 11th. If he's at 102 pitches – out of the ninth inning or 105 pitches, give them one more inning if the, as long as the Dodgers scored a run. Because if they didn't score, then you realize you're talking about keeping Rich Hill out there for two more innings. Because if the Dodgers scored a run in the next inning, you'd want him to come in and pitch the bottom of the inning. So, I was okay. You want 10th, they score a run. 11th, it, it was not a stressful game for him.
2: And a man pitching the game of his life, 10 strikeouts on the night, and just a dominant performance. Let him see if he could finish the job. And... We'll talk innings. You talk about psychologically, what does it do when you lose it in that fashion? We'll see you in five days.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card...